Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Well, it is that, that special day, and throughout history, uh, back in the day when Mall Bell was, uh, we had landlines, that was pretty much it, and uh, they, they did a survey of the number of calls that went through on Mother's Day versus the number of calls that were placed on Father's Day, and I got to tell you, they were quite different. Uh, Mother's Day outnumbered the calls to fathers, I forget the the astronomical number, it seemed astronomical to me, uh, that, that children, even adult children, uh, somehow find themselves more bonded to mothers. And uh, for some reason, men have a difficult time um, expressing their love and feelings for another man, uh, i.e. their father. And that's often difficult. Uh, for whatever reason. I don't know whether we grew up tough or whatever the case might be, but uh, today is, is that day that uh, I think a lot of people wrestle. There are some of you that, that have great memories of your dad, and there are others of you that probably don't have such great memories. Some of you may not know who your father was. So it's, it's this day that as a church we, we celebrate, and yet there are many children who would not call this a day of celebration and I'm aware of that and I, I want to be sensitive to that but at the same time I want us to I want us to really take this moment in this day and and really think through what it means to be a father and and you know the Bible says that we're to honor our father and mother um, it's the first promise if we do that 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 comes with a this, this clause that says that you might live a long life. Um, honor doesn't mean that you agree with everything that your parents did. It doesn't mean that. And, and somehow in our society, we have lost sight of what honor really is. Uh, we think someone has to earn honor. Well, maybe it's nice to be honorable, and we should be, but the reality is that honor is, is something we do. It's a gift that we give. It, it, you know, it's, it's like loving someone. None of us have earned the right to be loved, really, in, in our carnality, in our humanity. But the Bible says that we're to love and we're to honor. And today is that day. And I know that some of you may be wrestling with, with that. Um, many, many years ago, before my father went to heaven, this is my second uh, Father's Day without him, and uh, before he went, uh, years before he went to be to heaven, um, didn't, I didn't have the close relationship with my dad that, that some kids had. Now, I had a great father, but we weren't close because my dad worked 16 hours a day the first 14 years of my life. I knew who he was, and he did the best he could, but I didn't really know him that well. And, uh, but I did learn a lot from him. I learned that work is... It's not an option, and that, that work really is healthy, not something we hear a lot about today. Uh, that, that work is, is not a four-letter word, even though it has four letters. It's a good thing. And I learned that from my dad, that, that you work. When people talk about retiring to me, I, I, 
I can't wrap my mind around retiring. I, I'm just not made up that way. Nothing wrong with it. If you can do it, God bless you. More power to you. I, I just can't do it. Part of that is because of my dad. But years ago, I went to my father and I sat down with him and I began to, uh, as directly as I could, address our relationship to build a bridge between me and him. And I did. I built that bridge. And so toward the end of his life, we, we pretty much were counting down when he would die. He had pancreatic cancer uh, and had surgery in, in February of uh, 2014. And... Uh, we knew it didn't look good at the end of it. Uh, but I had already said to him everything that needed to be said, that I felt like, you know, that had to be said before he passed. And I never forget uh, a, a surgery in February and August. They knew that, that they had not gotten everything and that he had already decided he would not do any treatment. And he and I were, just to never forget, just the two of us, my mother as dementia, Alzheimer's, so she was already in uh, a mental health facility, and he and I sat in, in the living room of the home I grew up in, and I just, uh, we had a great little chat, I said, you know, Dad, how do you, how do you feel about death? I mean, those are not questions you ask somebody you're not close to, and he said, you know what? He said, I'm good with it. He said, uh, I'm okay, and just a couple of months later, he would go to be with Jesus. Now, those of you who have a father who's still alive, if you measure the relationship you, you want to have with him based on what he did or didn't do, you'll never have a relationship. It's not about what he did or didn't do. He's your dad. And you've probably, many of you have heard Joyce Meyer's story and how the man who had abused her, she ended up taking care of him at the end of his life. Um, I don't believe we can ever excuse ourselves from honoring our father and so I would admonish you today and encourage you today not just because it's Father's Day I would encourage you every day but especially today to take that time in that moment if your father is still alive and do something with that today you say but you don't understand you know what I do understand this that I'm a father of five and it'd be real easy for me to go back at my life and look at all the things I've done wrong and all the fail failings I've, I've had and be miserable in my life and, and I'm thankful that my kids and I have a close relationship, and I, I want to keep that relationship. But it does take work, takes humility, takes honor, takes love, takes grace, takes mercy, takes forgiveness. It takes all the things that the Bible talks about. And somehow, when we've been mistreated, we think we can excuse ourselves because we've been mistreated. Well, guess what? You've mistreated people. Just thought I'd throw that out. We all have. And, and so what makes life beautiful and relationships strong are not the things that we've done right, but how we've navigated through the things we've done wrong. So today, set a precedent, establish a standard, a new standard for your family. So today, is, it's, it's called Father Phases, uh, and I subtitled it, Take Off the Cape. <laughs> Take off the cape. Every dad wants to be the perfect dad. He wants... He wants to treat his daughters like princesses and his sons like cavemen. Uh, it's just, it's just kind of how we roll. You know, we think we've got to raise these tough boys and, you know, teach them not to cry. And, and basically, that was my generation. And those of you who are over 40 get it. 
that it was just a tough, tough era where men didn't cry, men didn't say I love you, men didn't hug. It's a, it's a pitiful era. It's a pitiful generation, really. Now, this generation is, is kind of coming along, and, and, you know, they're kind of getting it a little better, but uh, it's, it's, uh, most relationships are as technical and robotic as the age in which we live. Uh, we've, we've lost the emotion, and I want to get the emotion back in relationships. Uh, I think it's critical that we not just say the right things, but we communicate the things that we feel. And, you know, I, most of my life, I wanted my kids to believe I was Superman because I thought if they felt like I was Superman, that might get their respect. And uh, finally, you know, I was stripped of my cape. And, you know, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to realize that one of the greatest things we love about others is, is not their perfection, but their humanity. That, that's one of the greatest things we love about people is, is when we see their humanness. And that's the awesome thing uh, about it. So let me just go through the, what, what, what's called the men's thesaurus. Women, I'm going to give you the real meaning. Kids, I'm going to give you the real meaning of what a man means when he communicates, okay? Men don't always say what they mean, really. But So I'm going to give you the interpretation. When a man says it's a guy thing, he really means... There is no rational thought pattern connected with this. And you have no chance at all of making it logical. When a man says, uh-huh, sure, honey, or yes, dear, he means absolutely nothing. It's a conditioned response. When a man says it would take too long to explain, he means I have no idea how it works. When a man says, take a break, honey, you're working too hard, he means, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> when a man says, you know how bad my memory is, he means, I can hum every bar of the intro to Star Trek, original and TNG, the address of the first girl I ever kissed and the vehicle identification numbers of every car I ever owned, but I forgot your birthday. When a man says, oh, don't fuss, I just cut myself, it's no big deal. He means, I actually severed a finger. But because he's got to be tough, these are, these are man statements. And, you know, kids need to understand this. This is why I say, take off the cape. Really? Take it off. Let's quit acting the way that society has expected us to act. And let's be real men. And let's be, let's be the, the kind of guy that, and it's never too late. Some people say, well, you know, my kids are grown. Uh, you know, it's too late now. It's never too late. It's never too late. As a matter of fact, some of you dads have been waiting on your kids to call you. Just call them. Say, I just call to wish you happy Father's Day. They don't have kids. It's all right, they'll get it. <laughs> just, you're just speaking into their future. I just want you to know the day's going to come when you're going to be a dad. And I just want you to get used to hearing it because I know you're going to be an awesome dad. I know you're going to be an incredible father. And all of a sudden, it'll start stirring things in them. You're not really soliciting a, a happy Father's Day from them, but you're, you're just sowing into them something that was never sowed into you that's going to make a difference in their life. 
And so, you know, today it's like maybe that's the time just to call them. Turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 3. And this is really speaking to men. And I know in a society that is genderless, uh, and, you know, thank you, Helen Reddy. Uh, and those of you who don't know who Helen Reddy is, Google her. It's very simple. Uh, uh, and I'm not against Helen Reddy. I just, just didn't want to marry somebody who roared. Uh, you know, I mean, and so it's not like a woman needs to roar, but men need to listen. And it, when those combinations come together, things will work out. It says, verse 3, Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Now listen to this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat, and are satisfied be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery fear the Lord your God serve him only take your oaths in his name do not follow other gods the gods of peoples around you for the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God and his anger will burn against you and he will destroy you from the face of the land do not test the Lord your God as you did Massa now, every father should remember that one day his son will follow his example instead of his advice. In other words, actions speak louder than words. I think some of the greatest encouragement we ever find is not in a person who's lived a perfect life, a father who's been perfect, but I'm most impressed when I see how people respond to failure. What made Chariots of Fire so great? It really wasn't that Eric Little was so fast. It was what he did when he fell down. That's what made the movie. I don't know if you remember that. He could have just laid there. He could have just quit. He could have made excuses. He could have given a great press conference. He could have, he could have made up all kinds of things. But he, he decided that, that the words that he might speak as a result of falling down and all that he had stood for, that, that those wouldn't be understood. They might not even be heard. But let me tell you something. For all the people who were watching then and all of us who watched this movie, it was that moment that silent moment when a man falls and gets up and says, I will finish the race. I will finish the race. 
That's all that we have to be responsible for, is will we finish the race? Because let me just tell you, those of you that might still be wearing capes, well, most of those people wouldn't be at Mosaic. Because <laughs> we have a no cape policy here. <laughs> we understand that we're not perfect. We haven't done everything right. But there's one thing, bless God, that we're going to do is we're going to finish strong. We're not just going to fall down, lay there, and expect people to feel sorry for us and try to explain why we fell and how somebody ran into us and somebody did this to me and somebody did that to you and, and, and making all kinds of excuses. Look, it doesn't matter. If your diaper was too tight or you had to mow five acres with a push mower and you'll never get over it the sound of a lawnmower today still causes panic in your life and you're living your life in the past trying to create a better yesterday and forgetting that there is a tomorrow that's wide open to possibility as men as fathers we can't keep making excuses and and passing on from one generation to the next the mistakes and the sins because we all have them and we all respond to them differently but there's one thing that we need to possess in common is that when we stand before god we will not be able to make excuses for how our father treated us because he is the perfect father and we're called to look to him and beyond the flaws of our own parents and our own parenting and and to go man i wish i'd have never done this and i wish i'd have never done that you know you've done a lot of things well or you'd be in prison right now you're not so evidently you either got by with something or you didn't do anything really that bad. I'm just trying to encourage you today. John Ashcroft said, the most important thing my dad ever taught me is that there are more important things in life than me. I think this is in next week's sermon, or maybe it was in yesterday's blog. I write a lot, read a lot, talk a lot, never. It's okay to have a strong ego. It's not okay to have a big ego. See, a lot, of, a lot of times in the world, they're trying to kill the ego. People talk about ego issues. Listen, without an ego, you wouldn't even gotten up this morning. Nothing wrong with your ego until it becomes a big ego. Use it as a strong ego and say, you know, I might have done some things wrong. And the strongest people are not the people who've never done anything wrong. The strongest people are those who can admit, I've done a lot of things wrong. They can admit it, they can stand up, they can face it. And most of the time we're running from things that have already happened. Deal with them, face them, step into them. First off, a father plays a key role in the faith of a home. Believe it or not, there's a reason for a mother and father or God would have just by himself told a woman, okay, today you're pregnant. But God decided to do it in a way that was so bizarre because now we've got a man and we've got a woman, we've got a husband, we've got a wife, we've got a mother, we've got a father, 
and, and, and they're, they're very different. They really are. Now, I know that the, the, the differences are not near as broad as they used to be because we have convinced ourselves, and I'm going to get on a soapbox here, and I'm going to irritate people that listen to this, but let me just tell you something. Men still ought to open doors for women. Sorry. Well, that's old-fashioned. It'll never go out. If I was a woman, I'd be looking and say, get your booty over here and open my car door. Men, let me just tell you, that's what being a man is. Being a man is not being obnoxious and tough. And it's, it's about doing those things. And women, let me tell you, you're never going to be a man just because you open your own door. We know you're capable, but use your femininity. Use it, please. You don't have to be tough. That's what I'm talking about. We've got this society that is so genderless and we can't figure it out. Do I open the door? When I go out with my daughter just the other day, I open the door for my 17 and a half year old daughter. Why? Because I want to lead by example. And if some bonehead man, man thinks he can get by with treating her any different, she's going to look and say, my dad opens the door for me. What's wrong with you? You're still a boy. See, that's a sign of a real man, secure enough to serve, to humble himself, and to do those things. Take off the cape. Put on some work gloves. You see, you have to take a stand. What do you believe in? Because I promise you, you're living what you believe. You could tell me, well, I don't really believe that, but here's what I do. No, no, eventually your actions are going to tell me or others who you really are. You can say, what well, I love Jesus, but I don't ever read my Bible, go to church, or pray. Oh, okay. I'm not convinced that you do, but I'm not judge and jury. But anybody who tells me they love Jesus, don't you think there ought to be some signs? I'm not talking about being perfect. You guys know I love cussing in the lobby. I'm not talking about religion. I mean, that, you know, because we get all this why, you know, I love Jesus because I don't cuss. Yeah, you do in your mind all the time. It's no different. You're just not sharing it with everybody. So the reality is we, we're measuring ourselves against who we would like to be, who, who are, somebody else wants us to be, but not against who we really are. I want to be authentically me. If that leaves me with five people in my life, I'm telling you, we'll be tight. <laughs> I've done the game thing. I've done it, been there, done that. Don't like it, don't want to play it. I, that's the reason I like Mosaic. We're just a bunch of fragmented people that God somehow put in a vacuum cleaner and trying to put us back together again. I stand for authenticity. Sure, there's discretion in everything in life because some people would never be able to handle who you are or who I am. I get it. But you know what? We shouldn't judge one another. 
The Bible says the measure you judge, you'll, you'll be judged yourself. So why don't we just love people? And why don't we just love people, encourage people, serve people? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Joshua stood for the promise of God, not the position or praise of man. You know, being a father is rarely popular. You know, the, the be home by midnight thing? I don't know about your kids, but they thought I was brain dead. If you ask my kids, what did dad say about midnight? My statement was, nothing good ever happens after midnight for anybody. When you're over 50, nothing good happens after nine. (laughs) So get your booty home. (laughs) I'm just saying. And you hold your position, and it's not because you're mean. It's not even because you're right. It's just because this is the position that you're in. Joshua was put in a position. Moses put in a position. All the great leaders put in a position that had to stand for what God said stand for, even though it was unpopular. Look, dads, your goal is not to be the popular guy. Any father who's popular scares me. Your kids should not like you at 16. Wait until they're about 25 and had one of their own. You're going to love this. They're going to go, Dad. And you're going to want to say, no, mm-hmm. I told you this wasn't nothing easy going on here. Now, I, I, I'm not, I mean, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but come on, man. Your kids are 16. They know everything, and you ain't nothing but an idiot. And you're trying to get them to like you? Seriously? Don't drive fast. Be home at, before midnight. Do your homework. Clean up your room. Brush your teeth, for God's sake. <laughs> These are all things that we do as fathers that, that, that are not met with, oh, Dad, thank you. Joshua not only took a stand, but he made a statement about his house. He didn't ask for a majority vote concerning the worship of God. Now, let me interject here, back up just a little bit. I'm not saying that you have to come to church to go to heaven. I'm not saying you have to be perfect because that was Jesus' job and he did it and we accept it. What I'm saying is people will follow your actions they'll follow your actions what do you stand for what do you believe in because whatever you believe in is typically what you'll you're willing to stand for Joshua stood in the face of all of Israel along with Caleb and said we surely have to go after the promise not the position not the popularity but we got to go after the promise After two years, you know, my son from L.A. called me yesterday. You've got to understand, Joe's probably the most charming of all five of my kids, and they would all agree with you. This kid has just got it. Don't know what it is, but he's got it. If you get a phone call from Joe, you ought to count yourself lucky. And so yesterday he calls me. You know, two years ago he would hardly talk to me. But he said, Dad, I've watched you for two years. He said, I'm really proud of you. Now, I've got to tell you something. I didn't even care if today came 
Didn't care if the sun came up. That's all I needed to hear. Two years. See, sometimes we alter our course. We, we, want, we want things yesterday. We want them in a moment. And the reality is, all he was saying is, Dad, I've watched you fail, and I've watched you get up. He didn't care about the size of a church. He didn't care about anything else. He just, this is the kid that two years ago took all of my guns and hit them, thinking I would kill myself. This is that kid, 25 years old today. The hardest thing in my life might have become the best thing in my life. That which the devil meant for harm, God will turn for good. A father's strength comes from within. It's internal. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We believe, therefore we speak. Look, I know there's a lot of stuff in all of us. The question is, is that which inside that that which is inside of us, is that coming out of us? Is it being demonstrated through the actions that we take and the life that we live and, and the, the one that we lead? Because at some point, the greatest thing you'll ever show your kids is your humanity. Do they have permission to fail? Do people that you love have permission to fail? Or do they feel like they have to be perfect? Because quite frankly, most of the time, parents are raising kids for their own reputation. If your kids make A's, they're a standout athlete, honor society, really isn't about them, it's Look at what I did. And then your kids go, I did it because I knew it would make them happy. I'm defining dysfunction right now. <laughs> you know what I told my kids? I just want you to graduate. To me, that's, a, that's an accomplishment. You know why? I never wanted my kids to feel like I loved them because they made A's cared about them because they were great students matter of fact I the greatest thing that ever happened in my life one of the one of the top 10 things we put it this way and I shared this story a week or two ago that I failed a course at Old Roberts University I failed a class only one because that's all it took that failure did more for me than any A I ever made because I realized I couldn't beat the system when you call a professor and tell him he's an idiot, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to pass that course. <laughs> Never did it again. Only did it once. I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. You see, whatever's on the inside will come out. Identify your responsibility. What is your responsibility? What's my responsibility? My responsibility wasn't to raise perfect kids. My responsibility was to train them up in the way that they should go. The best I could. 
And you know, at the end of the day, they get to choose. You know what? Whatever they choose, they're still your kids. Don't try to keep raising kids. I watch my kids. I have all kinds of advice for them today. I rarely give it. I just don't because I just figure, you know, if you, if you want to ask me what to do, I'll tell you. I'll give you some idea, but I'll probably ask you a question. If you ask me a question, Dad, what should I do? I say, what do you think you should do? That's going to be my next answer. What do you think you should do? What I'm saying to them is I feel like I trained you up enough to where it's in you. It's in you. And I'm going to pull it out of you instead of beat it into you. See, a lot of times we're, we're cramming stuff down people's throats instead of, instead of giving them an invitation to find their own way. And the only way that happens sometimes is, is not giving the answer, but asking them what the answer is. What do you think? I used to think being a dad meant I had to have all the answers, and that scared me because... I had five kids. Some of you only had to dial us in with one or two. You got to be right for five. You run out of juice. God help Rick. Seven. We didn't. We didn't tell Ben and Lauren that to be on staff here, minimum was five kids. Uh, so just just letting you know. Don't resign afterwards. Down in the hearts of wise men, they know the only way to help yourself is to help others. Lastly, a father's responsibility, in my estimation, a part of the demonstration or action is act sacrificially. Now, I'm going to do a whole sermon next weekend on super people sacrifice. I didn't say superman, superwoman, wonder woman, no, that's just super people, the traits of a super person. And I'll talk about sacrifice next week. I'm not going to go into it this week. But just today, make, make it special. Not because, you know, some of your kids may call you, some may not. Can I just make a suggestion today? Just call them and say, you know what? I just want you to know what an honor it's been to be your dad. What an honor it's been. Instead of waiting on them to give you honor, why don't you just be an example and say, you know, I just want you to know it's been an honor. It's been an honor to be your father. And you know what? They're going to catch it. They're going to catch it. Because you're being an example by honoring them and saying it is an honor. Father, today we want to thank you for being the perfect, perfect father. You're an awesome dad, incredible father. Lord, I pray for all the dads here today and all those who are listening on podcast, I pray, Lord, that they would be free today from the constant guilt that they have heaped upon themselves for the many, many wrong, wrongs that they've done. And because I've done them, and I know God that it'd be very easy for me to look at all the things I did wrong and be buried under those those things. But Lord, we're all human. We all need grace and we all need mercy. And may that be something that we experience today, every dad. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, never like to close a service without giving you an opportunity to know Jesus. And um, the Bible simply says, all who call upon his name shall be saved. If you've yet to do that today and you'd say, I'd really like to, I just want to ask you to lift your hand and put it right back down. Anyone here today, you say, that's me. 
So I want to pray with you, okay? Let's pray this prayer today. Pray it with me. Say, Father God, I call upon the name of your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and Savior. Today I receive salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.